Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you today? Doing good, man. What's up? Uh, not a whole lot. We're going to do some voicemails today and got uh, one piece of news we'll talk a little bit about. Before we do that, I remind you that we write for MuseumMiracles.com where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. So you can check us out there. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry is at T. Lambert RTT. Uh, you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Search out Locked On Titans. And you can also play us on your smart speaker, whether it be in your house, your car, or whatever. Uh, just say, play podcast Locked On Titans, and you will get us there. We also have a voicemail line, which, like I said, we will be doing um, uh, some of those later on in the show here. Uh, if you want to get in on that for next week, you can call 615-787-8762. Leave us a message, keep it about a minute, and we will talk about it on the show, whether it's a question, a comment, whatever it may be. All right, so uh, big news that came out, I guess, on Wednesday. The Broncos and Ravens have agreed to a trade for Joe Flacco. So Joe Flacco going to the Ravens. I didn't ever see what the Broncos are supposed to. I mean, what the Broncos are sending. Did you see that? No, no, I don't think it's come out. Okay, I don't guess that's been reported yet. But uh, this is weird to me. I mean, Joe Flacco, I guess, is fine uh, if you really need a quarterback. But I just—is he better than Case Keenum? That's that's that would be my biggest question in this thing, and, and you got to pay him a bunch of money. So I don't know how much sense this one makes. No, I I don't I don't even think it's an upgrade. You know, I, I know he's got the arm. Uh, I saw a quote uh, from somebody that retweeted from a from a Broncos person that said Flacco makes you cover every blade of grass. I, I mean, I, I just I just think these front offices still to this day uh, overvalue that arm strength. You know, it's different when you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes who's mobile and, and does all this extra stuff, but Joe Flacco can't move. Um, he just seems like a, a dinosaur uh, in today's NFL. So and it, it was pretty clear to me that, that he was done. Uh, there's a reason he didn't come back. There's a reason they went with Lamar Jackson, who literally uh, struggles to throw the football. Uh, so it's an odd move to me. I, I thought they would try and go younger, try and draft one. Um, but, you know, John Elway, it, it's funny. Uh, everyone thought he was this great thing when, when Peyton Manning was in town. Peyton Manning retires, and we're kind of seeing the true colors of Elway come out. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, that's the last smart move he's made uh, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, for sure. And, um, you know, like, I said, like I said, going back to Peyton Manning, and now you, you've done this. You've got a bunch of money tied up now in quarterbacks. A guy, a guy that's not really any good. I don't know if they'll try to restructure or what. Because I think, I mean, I don't think very much of it's guarantees. I mean, you could, I guess, spin it as a one-year deal, draft a guy if, if you think you've got somebody you want to come in and sit behind Flacco or, or whatever it may be. But still, they're giving up something to get him. And I just don't, I, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me why you would, you know, if they wanted to sign Flacco in free agency, that'd be one thing. I mean, I still don't necessarily think it's a good idea, but I just think if you're going to trade for a guy, you need you need it needs to be an upgrade. You need you need to see some kind of value there, and I just I don't I don't see it. I don't I don't see how it's I don't see how it's anything better than Case Keenum. And like you said, I mean, he he does have the arm, or he did have the arm, but we haven't really seen much of that. I mean, he did some of that earlier in the year. But I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, I, like you said, and the, the biggest thing to me is the fact they didn't bring him back. I mean, you get the Lamar Jackson in the future and all that stuff, but if you saw, if you watched him play, it was clear that he wasn't ready right now. 
Um, and so the, the the Ravens would have been better served definitely for 2018, but maybe even beyond. I mean, I get experience and all that kind of stuff. But if a guy's not ready, like Lamar Jackson didn't seem to be ready from a from a passing standpoint, it seems to me like you would benefit him more from working with him longer before throwing him out there and letting some of those things happen. And not that I mean, Lamar Jackson had some good games, but most of that was rushing. And I just this one just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, and it's one year after they gave Case Keenum 20-something million dollars uh, to come in and take over the quarterback position. Now they're going in a totally different direction. I, I just don't know when teams are, are going to learn uh, to, to stop paying uh, very, very average quarterbacks uh, $20 million. I mean, you saw the Cardinals do it with Sam Bradford. You saw uh, Mike Glennon in, in Chicago. There's just It goes on and on and on. Uh, so I, I just don't understand how front offices can be this dumb uh, and get so desperate at the quarterback position. Uh, there's only so many that go around, you know. I, I just don't think you can force it. Um, hopefully the Titans don't get into to this position. We've talked a lot about what's coming uh, in, the, in the next two years, potentially with Marcus Mariota. Um, this is definitely the situation you don't want to be in. But, um, you know, just to kind of cap off Joe Flacco, Kind of sad that that he's not going to be a, a Jacksonville Jaguar. I, I was looking forward to that. It made too much sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but like you're saying, I mean, when you're giving these these guys twenty million dollars, a couple things on that. One, all these people that say the Titans just signed Marcus Mariota for some like you know four year forty million dollar deal. Um, you, you see how much money these other guys are getting, and so that's why you should know that that's not possible. Two. We've seen it. I mean, it, you're better off drafting a quarterback and having him cheap. And, you know, building up around him if you're going to not have an Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. I mean, those types of guys. Obviously, you find a franchise guy, pay him whatever. But these guys that you're trying to make into that that just aren't those guys, I just think you're better off long-term um, building your team with, you, you know, a, an average guy that you're not paying a bunch of money to and, and building stuff around him. So, anyway. Um, just you know, we'll see how it plays out, but it's just something that you know. Just when you see that report, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. All right, coming up, we'll get into the voicemails, and our first one is Don from LA, who takes us from one Ravens quarterback we hate to another. Uh, so going back to the reference about Trent Dilfer's breakdown of Marcus Mariota, I just thought this was such an excellent uh, piece. I really hope you guys can maybe even have a full show on what you said, but. He talked about Marcus Mariota's throwing motion, and he talked about how on the third the third step of his throwing his throw the ball is behind his head and not in his cylinder. Uh, so, um, you know, when it comes to certain throws, he has a difficult time with accuracy, and it just makes me really think about the Titans in general. And I started thinking about you know stuff like the back shoulder throws, and you know. I think this year was the first time I saw pictures or, like, videos in camp of them doing the drill where Pat O'Hara had, you know, the pads and he's hitting Marcus Mariota and Marcus had to keep two hands on the ball. And it really made me wonder, what are the Titans doing? Like, it feels like they don't – these are things that good teams do on a regular basis. And, you know, it just seems like we're kind of getting guys that aren't honing the skills of, of a young quarterback like they should be. You know, Marcus, he's, he's about to be in his fifth year, and he's doing some things that, you know, he should have been doing in his first year. And I really kind of wonder, you know, if it has something to do with what Dilfer said about, you know, coaches 
playing or coaching for themselves or are we just, you know, is it just a small market team thing or I don't, I don't know. I just want to get your take on that. Thanks again, guys. Bye. Yeah, I listened to that whole interview. Uh, it was turned over on the midday 180. Uh, I ended up, I think he did it. We got the Super Bowl. I ended up listening to it this week um, because Dilfer's been hired as the uh, the high school football coach at Lipscomb Academy, which is where I went to high school. So kind of interesting there. But um, I, I thought his stuff on, on Mariota was really good. Um, he still is a firm believer in Mariota. Was apparently a, uh, a a big pusher of you know Mariota when he was coming out in the draft. I don't remember back that far to what he said, but said he's always been a Mariota guy. Um, talked about some things that, that the team could do to help him have success and basically said, you know, from everything that he's watched with Marcus, that he, had, he just had, still hasn't been in the right system. Um, talking about limiting reads and size of the field and, and all that kind of stuff, stuff that we've, we've heard about and talked about a little bit. But one interesting point that he made was basically how Marcus holds the ball as he goes through his progressions and that basically as he go, as he, by the time he gets to the third receiver, he's got the ball behind his head instead of in his cylinder is what Dilfer said, and so that affects accuracy. So just talking about limiting his reads and that kind of stuff there. So, I mean, I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, stuff that I, you, you know, I, I still do have faith that Marcus Mariota can be good. Um, the faith is not nearly as strong as it used to be. But it was good to hear a guy like Dilfer who, I mean, listen, I, 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 I'm warming up to Trent Dilfer a little bit, a guy that I've hated for a really long time, and, and simply because he was the Ravens quarterback when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, really, nothing more to it than that. But um, it, it was really, it was really good to hear a guy that that puts in as much work as Dilfer does. We know that he, he talked about it. If you go back and listen to that interview, uh, Midday One Eighty podcast, and all that stuff, so you can you can find that there. But he, you can tell that he's a guy that really loves doing the work, really loves breaking down film and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, still a coach at uh, the Elite Eleven and, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but really good to hear a guy like that still have faith in Marcus. Talk about how much he, you know, he saw in Marcus coming out and, and talking about some things that that he thought the Titans could do for Marcus to be successful. So um, anyway, yeah, it just just promising to hear that, and hopefully that's something that comes to fruition in this next season. All right, up next we have Bruce from Chattanooga who has an apology for Terry. Hey guys, Bruce again from Chattanooga. Terry, uh, sorry for dragging him into that tight end conversation on Twitter. I was just, I was so excited about the possibility of drafting, you know, four tight ends in four consecutive rounds and revamping the offense of the NFL. Uh, but I, uh, I had a question about about Cyprian and Vaccaro with uh, with Brees signing a new three-year, like, I don't know, $22 million deal or something like that today. Um, could y'all play out some of the, some of the best scenarios for Cyprian and Vaccaro and what it would look like to re-sign them, especially with how much it's going to cost. Also, some of the the more realistic opportunities uh, that are there for the team or what would be best for our cap space moving forward. Because I don't think there's a fan who doesn't prefer Vicaro, but it's looking like he's going to be pretty expensive. So, um, yeah, I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on that and what would be kind of the best thing to do financially in order to get the best guys out there. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Love the show. Well, Brooks, I appreciate the apology. I, I tried real, really, I mean really, really hard uh, to stay off Twitter that day. Uh, it just seemed like Titans Twitter was, uh, was you know, engaged in some group sync there by some, some prominent members of, of Titans Twitter uh, with the tight end talk. So uh, I, think, uh, I think you all know how we feel about that. 
uh, and we're not fans of it. But on to the safeties. Um, it, it's become a, a more interesting conversation this week, just seeing what Eric Reed got, three years, $22 million. Um, that's pretty pricey. And, and, you know, that's probably what Kenny Vaccaro is, is thinking he's worth. And, and quite honestly, that probably is what he's worth. Is John Robinson willing to pay that? I I don't think so. Um, it, it obviously depends on the health of, of Jonathan Ziprian. It honestly, de- and it depends on what Dean Pease sees in him. Uh, Dean Pease hasn't worked with with Ziprian yet. Uh, lost the, the whole year last year. Uh, Dick LeBeau used Ziprian in, in, in some different ways, that, some ways that we didn't agree with. Um, so I, I think the Titans would get worse on the field, but it, it just might not make sense money-wise uh, to, to bring back Vaccaro. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So you still got Cyprian under contract for one more year. Uh, he's got a cap number of basically $6.25 million. Uh, You could save, you know, $4.75 million if you cut him. Um, can they get Kenny Vaccaro for cheaper than that? I mean, you could maybe work it into a cheaper cap number in year one. Uh, it looks like Eric Reed's contract, uh, his cap in year one is only like $4.4 million and it goes to $8 million in 2020, and then uh, $9.5 million in, in 2021. So, I mean, you know, there's a scenario where they could work it to maybe be cheaper this year, but how much money are you going to top in safety? We talked about this uh, a little bit in the past couple episodes. Kevin Byers getting paid at some point. It could be as early as this season. Uh, you know, you're going to pay him more than these guys. I think, I think he can do more. So how much money are you going to tie up in safety? They, they drafted Dane Crookshank. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, I mean, I would assume the plan is for him to be ready to, you know, at least get a shot at one of those positions. And so if, if you can get something to where, I don't know, we're, we're, you're not going to have Vaccaro and Cyprian. I think it's the bottom line. Titans are in a spot where they have some cap space, but they don't have a ton anymore. So it, it's really going to come down to, who's cheaper in 2019. Um, I, I think we both agree that Vaccaro is the better player, but you've you got to consider money and all that at this point, too. And then it's interesting to see how long Vaccaro's willing to wait. Um, we saw last offseason both of these guys, Reed and Vaccaro, um, you know, they didn't sign Vaccaro until right when camp was, was opening, right after camp had opened, you know, when Cyprian got hurt. And then, you know, Eric Reed didn't sign until in the season. So if the market moves a little bit faster this season, then Vaccaro might get an offer from somebody else that's more than the Titans are willing to give him. So, yeah, like you said, I mean, I think th- this deal makes it a little bit harder for the Titans to get Vaccaro, at least at, you know, kind of a bargain deal. Um, so then it'll just become, is there somebody else that's willing to pay him? And if not, how long will he wait? How much does that number drop? So that's something that's going to be interesting to watch as free agency opens here in the next little bit. All right, we will finish up with a voicemail from Travis asking about free agent wide receivers. This is Travis Fremian from Hamilton, Mississippi. I was just wondering if I could get y'all's opinion on some of the free agent receivers. I know y'all uh, talked about a few names, but if y'all could go into a little more detail about three or four of them and maybe talk about their styles and other things, but how I compliment Corey Davis, I'd really appreciate it. Love y'all's show. Thank you. All right, so this is obviously everyone's favorite thing to, to discuss this time of year. It, it's receivers, you know, and it's the Titans. So, obviously, they need one. They need one every year, it seems. Uh, a lot of names out there, not a lot of uh, star power, though. Uh, so, that's going to create kind of uh, this deal where, where you're going to see some overpaying. 
you know, and, and as Jimmy says, the Titans need to overpay uh, for, for a couple of these receivers. So you just look at the names, you know, it's really what you want. Uh, I think the Titans need a downfield threat. You look at guys like Tyrell Williams. Uh, you look at John Brown, uh, maybe a guy like Deshaun Jackson, uh, if you can figure out what he's got left in the tank. Uh, and then you've got you've got different guys like slot guys, uh, Adam Humphreys. Uh, you've got Golden Tate. You've got Randall Cobb. You know, I, I know Titans fans are going to be nuts about Randall Cobb. Uh, you know, all those types of guys fit uh, what the Titans need. Uh, the Titans honestly just need bodies. They need proven vets that that can get the job done. So um, I, I I think me and Jimmy are on the same page. I think a lot of us are on the same page. When we say the Titans need to come away with two of these guys, um, so I, I think the leader in the clubhouse for me is probably John Brown. Uh, you know, he's suddenly 29 years old, but did a lot of good things for the Cardinals. Came back, uh, looked like himself again with the Ravens. Um, you know, got taken out of the offense when Lamar Jackson was inserted in, but he was pretty good with Joe Flacco. So I, I think he would give the Titans some sort of dynamic that, that they don't have down the field. Um, I don't really want to see them go barking over the Sean Jackson tree. I, I just think there's some – I think he's going to be expensive. You know, he's 32 years old. How much does he have left in the tank, really? Uh, so, you know, John Brown, Tyrell Williams, those are my two right now. Yeah, I think the the good news for the Titans is that you have two or three guys that are kind of similar. So you would think that that would drive the price down on maybe a couple of them. When you talk about if you need a downfield threat, you've got Tyrell Williams and John Brown that are set to become free agents. Deshaun Jackson, you know, could be a, a, a guy that gets cut because of his cap number. I mean, I think he's set to make, you know, 11-plus million in 2019. I don't, I don't see the Buccaneers paying him that. And then when you get in the slot, guys, you've got Golden Tate. You've got Adam Humphreys. You've got Cole Beasley. So, I mean, you've got some options. Randall Cobb, you, but you, you've got some options there. Uh, Pierre Garcon, the 49ers not picking up his option. He's he, I mean, he's 32, but you know so there's going to be some options there for some guys that that they can actually come in here and help. Now, like you're saying, I mean, I guess, well, I guess the report came out yesterday that Adam Humphreys wants eight million dollars a year. But listen, I would be really really surprised if somebody's going to pay Adam Humphreys eight million dollars a year. I think he's a good player. I think he's a player that could that the Titans could use that could come in here and be successful. But I don't want to see them pay him eight million dollars a year. But with that being said, whatever number it is that you have in your head that a guy like Tyrell Williams or John Brown or whatever is going to get, I think you need to adjust it up because that's what happens in free agency. And I think the Titans need to be willing to go there. I understand successful teams are built through the draft. You don't want to spend all your money in free agency. Nobody wants us to be, you know, the, the Washington Redskins where they're spending all these money, all this money, all these guys. Well, some, some people want that, but uh, we people that have watched these things and how they play out realize that that's not the way you successfully build a long-term winner. But they're gonna have to at some point come off the bench and get some guys in here, especially this year. If you want to see what Marcus Mariota really is. They're going to have to put some stuff around them. And if that means overpaying in free agency for a wide receiver or two, I think it might be time for them to do that. Now, again, the names we can debate, all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, are you with me here? Like, if, they, if they're if they really serious about this, they can't hold just to this. Well, we have this guy valued at this number, and if we offer that to him and he gets a higher offer from somewhere else, we're just out. I don't think they can afford to do that this time because I feel like they did it last year and we saw how it worked out. 
Yeah, you you can't you you can't really see what you have in Marcus Mariota if you throw, you know, Taewon Taylor back out there, Tajay Sharp back out there. Uh, you you can't just rely on these young receivers uh, to to make the the big leap. You know, last year was a little different with Rashard Matthews. So we kind of sort of give them a pass, uh, but they've got a chance to make it right. They certainly need to do it. You know, they they don't have a ton of cap room, but they've got enough cap room. Uh, to go get some veteran presence uh, and, and put that around Marcus Mariota, so it's it's something that he hasn't really had too much of. You know, you, you've had Richard Matthews, you've had Eric Decker, but for the most part, it's been a bunch of guys that you've drafted and, and are trying to make work. So, I mean, up up and down this list of free agent receivers, there are guys that are are better than what's currently on the roster. You know, you'd like to see them add the names that we've already talked about, but uh, you know, you, you look down this list, Jermaine Curse. Uh, Demarius Thomas, Chris Conley, uh, you know, Chris Hogan, you know, all these guys are better. And, and that, that says something uh, about how bad the, the Titans have been at, at the position. Uh, you, you, just from a consistency standpoint, from a can Marcus rely on you to catch the ball uh, standpoint, I mean, it's really simple stuff we're talking about here. It should be a simple fix. Uh, I would love to see John Robinson have this addressed before the draft. Yeah, and that's the thing, like you said, I mean, we think Corey Davis is good. Outside of that, <laughs> pretty much any of these guys would be an upgrade over what they currently have. So that's going to be an interesting to watch. And, again, keep in mind, some of the names that are out there right now will never actually hit the market because they'll be re-signed by their own teams. And there could be some guys cut that we're not even thinking about right now. So you, it could be a, a little bit different list when we get to that time. All right, we appreciate you listening again to uh, this episode of Locked on Titans. Again, if you want to leave us a voicemail to talk about next week, 615-787-8762. That's the number. Leave us a voicemail, a comment, question, whatever it is, and we'll be glad to talk about it next week. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMRSMCM. Terry's at T. Lambert, RTT. Again, if you have a smart speaker, just say play podcast Locked on Titans, and you'll be able to play the last episode as soon as it's available. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked on Titans, and we'll talk to you again next week.